connection card. Um, just like to share with you uh, that yesterday my father went home to be with the Lord. And uh, I've, I've talked about him a little bit here in service, and it was very peaceful. It was in some ways unexpected, but in other ways not. I think the last time I took him out to lunch was the very first time I ever had contact with him where he didn't know my name. And so uh, he was fighting an infection that we thought was going to be under control with antibiotics that he was taking, but it, it eventually just weakened him to a, to a point where actually on Friday he needed oxygen, and then he passed uh, yesterday morning. And so um, thank you for your prayers for him in the past. And, and uh, the, the service, um, is, we're kind of in a, a family predicament here where uh, one of my daughters is leaving for school this coming Saturday. And um, my father has, there's, there's a handful of relatives I know that will be traveling uh, to, to the service. And so the service, I, I'm sorry to say, is going to be a private service. There'll be a private service uh, this Thursday. And, uh, but if you knew my father personally and, and would, would like to be there, you're certainly welcome to be there. Uh, but other than that, we're going to keep it family and keep it. It's going to be in a small chapel in a mortuary. So uh, if you'd like more information, just come and talk to me. But um, please, I ask you to keep my, my family in your, in your prayers. Thank you. Connection card. Right in front of you, in your pew, there is a, um, a what is this? Piece of paper. It's a bulletin. It's our bulletin, but it's actually a, a uh, this is the information you have, and in the front of you, you have your connection card. And your connection card is going to be the card that we would ask you to give information, especially if this is your first, second time. And, and on the back, there's opportunity to ask any questions you might have of us. On your bulletin, as you're doing that, let me just bring some things to your mind. Um, parents of preschoolers will be next Sunday, so plan for that. Parents of preschoolers, you're getting together, Okay. And uh, realize that we're going to uh, have, have a men's retreat scheduled for roughly about one month from this weekend. So we'll have more information on this men's retreat, but uh, we have, this men's retreat is going to be in Big Bear, and we've had it before. I think this is our fifth year, and uh, we have a house reserved in Big Bear, and uh, the price is extremely reasonable. It's a lot of, lot of uh, enjoyable time with other men here in the church, and uh, we just really want to invite you to strongly pray about it and consider it. It'll be, uh, let's see, what is that? September, I think it's 9th, 10th, and 11th. is a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If you know, only make Saturday, that's fine. If you can make Saturday, Sunday, that's, that's even better. If you can make Saturday, Sunday, Monday, hey, you got it all. So uh, give us some thought, and we'll have a sign-up sheet soon. Uh, is Norm here? Let's see. Because we are talking about a sign-up sheet. Uh, we'll have that out in the foyer soon. Okay, so give that some thought. A men's retreat coming up. All right, if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to First Chronicle chapter 29. First Chronicle 29. I know some of you are thinking, where in the world is that? It'll be on the board up here. It'll be on the screen. First Chronicle chapter 29, I'm just going to read two verses. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. 
And any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in custody of Jehiel, the Jesonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Let's pray. Father, as we continue our study in the life of David, we come across this text that has to do with the building of your house. So, Father, as we um, uh, think about this, not only in David's time, but how this applies to our 21st century uh, uh, Christianity, Father, we pray that you'll just speak to us and um, give us your lesson for today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there are certain causes, there are certain people, there are certain reasons why we get behind and support something with our time, with our finances, with our energy. For example, we have a person in our church who is getting ready to go to Mexico. And there this person is going to help needy people uh, when they get down there. But also they're going to be visiting and helping an orphanage. Now, why is that? Must have a big heart. But, you know, when we think about it, well, well, everyone has a kind of a big heart when we think of an orphanage and, 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 and needy kids in a, uh, who are down there. But there's more to it. There's more to it because it's personal. This person, she used to live in that orphanage. And she understands what an impact someone from from the states coming down across the border can have on the lives of those children. So she's going down there, and she's going to be loaded with good things to give to those kids and the people down there, and she's going to try to be a blessing to that orphanage and for those families that she has met that are in need. You know, today there are so many needy causes around us. We know that, right? We get bombarded by phone and Internet in different ways. Uh, some of them are legitimate. Some of them are not. There are so many people who open up FundMe accounts for whatever reason. Well, today in our text about David, we're going to return to the life of David and read about the building of God's temple, the very first. And we're going to read how the people gave to support it freely and wholeheartedly. So we're going to go back to, second, to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and I'm going to start at the very beginning. And let's talk about, in our day, when we think about, about giving to the Lord, it's tax deductible. So here we are in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 1 and 2. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. See, in this verse, David reminds the people and us that Solomon, his son, was chosen by God to build the temple. David had a burning desire. He really had a burning desire to glorify God by building God this permanent place where God would reside. But God said no. It would be a place where, where, where God would be known throughout the world that the Almighty God is here. But God said no. Why is that? God said no to David because 
God said, David, you got too much blood on your hands. See, David was a warrior king. David would just mix it up so many times in his life for there was bloodshed and loss of life. David was actually referred to as a warmonger. In other words, he was a lover of war. So God saw it necessary to bypass David and instead gave this honor of building his temple to his son Solomon. Now Solomon was very young. He was just stepping up to the throne. Solomon was inexperienced in, in, in being a king, but maybe just inexperienced in being a man. And so David is saying, hey, realize that my son Solomon is young. You know, he's just taking over the throne right now. He doesn't know a whole lot of stuff. You know, he hasn't had the experience. He doesn't know how to do this or that. And because of that, we need to help him. We're going to help him because he will need that help. That's all David is saying here. Let's look at verse 2 there. In verse 2 of, of 1 Chronicles 29. With all my resources I have provided for the temple of my God, gold for the gold work, and silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. You know, you get this, you know, you, when you read this, you say, oh my gosh, okay, we're not talking about a log cabin here. We are talking about this incredibly palatial, just spectacular edifice that, that, that David is saying, hey, my son's going to build it, but man, it is going to look tremendous. You know, we got big plans for this, and I am giving. You know, I'm going to just go to the treasury of, all, of, 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 of our people, the Israel, Israelites, and I am going to just give all that is needed, precious metals, precious stones, materials which need to be fining, they needed molding, they needed artistry. And consider the loss to obtain these treasures. Loss of life in regards to Jews as well as Gentiles because a lot of these treasures in the treasury were gained because of what? Battle. People conquering people. The treasury was built because Israel conquered and killed people and obtained these treasures. So there is blood in this, and yet at the same time, here we have David saying, I'm going to give all of my this kingly treasury to this building. And it represented the material wealth of Israel, God's people. But notice something. Up to this point, all this giving, all this wealth that's going to be just, just mounded there for the construction of God's temple. It was all like national funds. It'd be like if, if Washington said, we're going to pump money into a certain project. I mean, are you involved? No. Is, are the states involved? Probably not. It'd be a national thing. And that's what this was up to this point. There was no cost to the people and no cost to David. See, it, it seems like the right thing to do, but not necessarily from the heart. Up to this point, the giving was not from the heart. You know, sometimes we without heart give. 
Isn't that true? Sometimes you give out of to, to the causes and things, and it really doesn't touch your heart that much. Now take, for example, I'm going to rile some people up by me saying this, but uh, sometimes, you know, when you turn on the TV, you, you, right on, you turn it on, what do you see? You see these ASPCA commercials, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. You know, and, and if you're not an animal lover, and I know there are some real animal lovers here in our congregation, but this is just an example. If you're not an animal lover, you're still going to be touched by these pictures. How can anyone mistreat animals like those shown on TV, right? I mean, you see those pictures, and your heart just kind of goes, wow, that is so inhumane, that is so wrong. Your heart can't help but be touched in some way. And the ASPCA isn't asking for much. Plus, if you give, you're going to get a T-shirt, right? And it's tax deductible. Hey, I help them, they're going to help me. Right? It sounds pretty good. It's kind of an easy sale. See, in our story today, we're talking about tons of precious metals and stones. But up to this point, there was no cost to anyone. It was not a heart issue. It was strictly a king's decision. You may say, well, so what? Wow, that's not the way God wants things done. God doesn't want you going through the motions. God doesn't want you here just because we're air-conditioned. God wants everything to be from the heart. If you read the words of Jesus, so much of Jesus' teaching are about the heart, that inner you that motivates you to do things that maybe you never would have thought of before. It's that, it's that central control in you, the heart. That's what God's after. Let's get into it. Let's look at it. It's, it's a personal thing. That's what God wants. Let's look at verses um, 3 to 5. 1 Chronicles 29, 3 to 5. Besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself Today to the Lord. Ah, now you see, this is a different picture now. See, after David dedicates the treasury of all the people for the building of the temple, he gets personal. See, that's where God wants it. That's where God wants it with you. When you talk about anything for the Lord, I don't care if you're picking up trash out there, on a dumping trash cans, making sandwiches, teaching kids in our Sunday school, uh, ushering there in the foyer, it needs to be personal. If it's obligatory, if something you think you have to do, if something you think people expect you to do, don't do it. God 
wants it to be personal. This is the David. He says, I now give my personal treasures. This is the David. This is the David who we know through the history of the kings is the one that God always refers to is the one who has a heart for God. See, no longer is he just dedicating the wealth of his kingdom to God, but his own personal wealth. There is now personal cost to him. Hey, I hear your kid needs a backpack for school that's starting up. Hey, why are you telling me? He's your kid, right? See, that's where it gets personal. Your kid, you know, you know, your kid needs a backpack? You know, it doesn't hit me like it's going to hit you. It's personal with you. See, when things get personal, when there is some relationship between us and whatever we support, that's when giving becomes free and wholehearted. By David giving from his personal wealth, he was saying, this temple is for my God. You know, pastors are human. You know what that means when I say that? I, it can mean a whole bunch of stuff, but you know what it means for what I'm going to share with you right now. Pastors are human, which means there are some really good-hearted, great pastors out there. And there are some pastors that are real jerks. Really? You know, when I was, um, when I was uh, uh, raising funds, when I, and my mission said never mention money. You go and you share your ministry in a church and you never mention anything that has to do with money. And you let the Lord lead people if they feel that this is a ministry that they see value in you're going to do in Brazil. Great. So, but I used to be asked to go to different conferences and speak because here I'm a missionary going to South America, going to the Amazon, and they're saying, hey, we want to hear from you. What are you doing now? What's, what are you going to do down there for the Lord? So I go to these conferences. I went to this one conference, I remember, and I spoke. And as I'm walking down the path, this pastor comes walking up to me. And he's walking alongside me. He says, hey, Rick, I'm going I'm to make it so you speak in my church. And not only that, when you speak in my church, we're going to support you to get to Brazil. I said, oh, my goodness, well, thank you. And see, back in those days, I needed so many monthly pledges, people, churches and people promising We'll give this much monthly so, so Amy and I could go to Brazil and serve the Lord. So I said, hey, thank you very much. And he looked at me and said, yeah, hey, come on, let's think about it. This is where the rubber meets the road, right? If we really want you to get to Brazil, we've got to put some money up. We want you to get there. I said, hey, thank you very much. Conference ends, I never hear from him again. I call him. Didn't have time to take my call. Now, do you think I hold anything against this guy right now? <laughs> See, the thing is, I didn't have any relationship with him. I didn't have any relationship with his church. It sounded very nice to support us, but it wasn't heartfelt. It was only lip service. 
First Chronicles 21-24, David said these words, I will not sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. That's the kind of heart this man had for his Lord. See, David understood that if God is really his God, then what he gives to him has to be given freely and wholeheartedly because he is my God. You know, and David says, he challenged the people in verse 5. He challenged Israel, and he says to his people, who is willing to consecrate himself to the Lord? He's saying this all to the Israelites. You know that word consecrate in the, in the original language in Hebrew, what he was basically saying, who is going to come before the Lord now with a full hand? That's what the word consecrate means in that original language in that text. Come to the Lord with full hands. You're not coming with empty hands saying, Lord, what do you got for me? No, I'm coming to you, Lord, with full hands. I'm giving you all I got. That was a really inspirational challenge to his people. Simply put, David's saying, hey, are you willing to buy in? Come on, are you willing to really buy in? Are you going to really worship your God and serve your God and call him your God? Let's go on in our text today. For his kingdom. For his kingdom. Here we go in. In verse 6 through 8. Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 darks of gold, then 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel, the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. You know, those, some of those words kind of throw us a curve because we don't use those measurements. But when we talk about talents and darks, these are measurements of weight. For example, the leaders and commanders gave of their personal money 5,000 talents and 10,000 darks of gold. That is equivalent to roughly 190 tons of gold. Well, that beats the super lotto, doesn't it? The honest giving is over and above, over and above what David and the kingdom gave, what the national treasury gave. It's just an astounding response of wholehearted giving by who? The leaders, the leaders of the people of Israel. Nowhere else in the Bible is there an example like this. And one of the reasons that is not mentioned here 
that it was just taken for granted because of the whole idea of building a temple is that these people gave thinking that the temple is this permanent reminder of the presence of God to Israel. It's not only something that's going to be an incredible blessing to those who gave, but for generation after generation after generation. It's something that is going to affect lives in the future. And they gave generously. Let's read verse 9 again. In verse 9 it says, The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. See, the Bible here tells us that, that, that we love the Lord. Why? It says, hey, we love the Lord. Why? Because he first loved us. Think about it. That, there's some real truth. It sounds kind of coarse, but, but think about it. That's true. We love the Lord because he first loved us, right? See, we forgive those who offend us. Why? Because he first forgave us. God sets that example for us. He forgives us. So Jesus said, look, look how you are forgiven. You forgive your offenders because you are forgiven. That's that example. Paul says, follow me as I follow the Lord, that example. And today's story clearly brings true this same principle in giving to the Lord, that we give freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Why? Because he first gave to us. John 3.16, classic, everyone knows it, football season, you'll see it in the end zones. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved you that he gave. That's the whole idea of giving. You know, I, I always, when I think about giving, it's such an interesting topic to me because we realize God doesn't need anything, right? But we know that for when we put our hard-earned money into something, it shows that we're, we're taking this serious, right? We're buying into it. We're saying, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm buying into this. You know, I'm not going to stand back and just watch everyone else do it. Uh-uh, I'm going to participate. I'm buying into this. And that's part of why God says, hey, I gave, you give. And that's showing me, hey, that you're, 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 you're in, the, in what I'm doing in this world. You're in, 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 in building up the kingdom. Why? For your world, for your kids' world, for your grandkids' world, for the community you're in. So all this is now and forever is basically what David is telling his people. So I look at this temple. I can't help but when I prepare this, I look at this temple. I look at this house of the Lord. And, and I believe with all my heart, this church is not here by chance. That God has this plan for us to be here. You are not sitting here by chance. God has a plan for you to be here in this church. See, this is God's house. When people drive by and see this building, they know it's not a movie theater. They know it's not a Starbucks, right? They know it's a church. We are here and we have a purpose. And I hope that we can say, each one of us, as David said, 
This house is for my God. It makes all the difference in the world. Let's pray. Fathers, you see this example of David and how you just work through uh, the people. And, and you didn't need any of this gold or any of these, these, these precious stones. But Lord, it just revealed their heart. And I'm sure this was a blessing to you. So Father, help us to learn from that. Help us have a heart in everything we do for you. Whatever it might be, may it be from our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.